I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and happens to be the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 212th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. I almost said investing in dummies, which it feels like sometimes, but no, it's called Investing in Bizarro World, where we talk about markets what we're investing in, and some of the madness that goes on in our planet. Mr. Nick Hodge, number 212, how are you doing today, sir? It's been a wonky week. Doing great. Uh, gearing up for spring here. Went fishing this week, which was good, and we'll bring the kids to Legoland this weekend. So I hope everyone else is enjoying the weather warming up and uh, the spring break season that is upon us. How are you? Gerardo. I'm excited. It's opening day. My Cubs are back. We're playing at Wrigley. Um, it's springtime outside of the allergies that we're dealing with here in Austin. Things are beautiful. It's almost 90 degrees. Um, I noticed last week, apologies to everyone. I think, you know, J&J, Jerome and Janet cut our feet off when I was being critical of them at the end there. And, you know, it caused me some technical difficulties. So apologies. Hopefully we have a better week on that front. But no, look, things are... Um, Things are great. There's actually a lot going on, though. A lot of what's going on tends to be um, a lot of what's going on. So let's let's jump right into it, right? Let's get right into the overall markets. I was reading an article. Um, for those of you that have been watching this 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 show slash podcast um, or reading it, you all know that The Big Short is one of my favorite movies ever, right? And so Michael Burry is one of the gentlemen that's featured in that movie. And for those of you that haven't seen it, uh, it, it's one, it's a hilarious movie. Two, it's based on a true story. And then three, it's absolutely fascinating because it says a lot about the psychology of investing during, you know, what what essentially is uh, a a market meltdown, right? Um, But Michael Burry was one of the persons that really, really rose to prominence as a result of that big short where he made, you know, I think it was a couple of billion dollars on this trade um after years of losing money on this trade that you know investors were upset with him he was managing a hedge fund he tied up their money it was so clear as day to him what was going to happen that he wouldn't let them redeem their funds and eventually he was proven right and he made people a whole heck of a lot of money right and the movie kind of goes through that but it was interesting because you and I have been talking about the overall indices and that's that's usually your pocket but he said something earlier this week that was really, really insightful in a Michael Burry kind of way because <laughs> he's very, very borderline on the spectrum, admittedly. So he's blunt. So back in January, he tweeted, time to sell. That was it. And he, he doesn't tweet often. And just a couple of days ago, he tweeted, was wrong about telling you to sell. <laughs> and so his, his, his premise is that he says he was wrong to tell investors to sell two months ago, that he should have... Uh, he should have, you know, gone long, although he's famous for being short on stuff. Do you think he's just early on his sell call and 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 thus far wrong? Or do you think that we're in a new bull market for the overall indices, Nick? I think he was right the first time. I just think it takes a little bit sometimes. Well, look, um, that's the classic newsletter writer's dilemma, right? Yes, being sir. so early that, that, you, that you are wrong. Um, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't follow his entire track record. I don't know if he started selling stocks back in uh, late 2021, early 2022 or not, because the fact of the matter is we've been in a bear market for 
over a year now. I mean, it started, frankly, the first day of trading of, of 2022 is, is when the S&P topped out. I believe it was January 3rd. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, um, there's that famous trend line that touches the the breakout, the tops of the breakout points that people call the line now. And yes, the, the S&P has gone back above that, but um, that happened. I'm just looking at the chart here. That happened in in January, but then it went back below it in early March, and, and now it's sort of back above that trend line. Um, you know, uh, the moving averages say that that the S and P is moving up, but um, I continue to contend that no, we haven't seen the end of this bear market yet, um, and you continue to see bear market rallies, um, and um, you know. It, this happens in bear markets. If you listen to uh -huh. Keith McCullough, for example, I don't know the exact number, but you know, from 2000 or 1999 to 2001, during that entire bear market, you know, there were there were several yeah. of these bounces that you're witnessing now. Some of which were even larger than the ones that we're witnessing now. And nonetheless, we look back on that retrospectively as the the dot com collapse. Right, lots of companies right. went bankrupt, and the Nasdaq was in the bear market for I don't know, 18 months or two years. Um, and, and stocks don't go straight up and stocks don't go straight down. Right. But the overall uh, trend is, is still bearish. And, um, look, we're only, um, a week removed from, you know, bank failure. Some of the, some of which were the biggest <laughs> since the, 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 the global financial crisis, um, in 2008 and the credit cycle can continues to tighten, right? Um, we're seeing it now start to affect the commercial real estate, for example, and we haven't yet, uh, despite the layoffs we've seen in the tech space, we haven't seen it cascade in into the employment sector yet or, or the unemployment, um, but however you want to call that. So, yeah. um, was, was Michael Burry right to, uh, back in January or whatever he said that, um, yeah, I think that, um, Again, we're still in a bear market, and I know you had you had mentioned Jim Cramer recently. Look, uh, <laughs> he was next. I've invited to my funeral because um, I <clears throat> could have closed the short on the Nasdaq profitably. That he said, you know, short the Nasdaq, and I'll see you at the funeral. And now have reopened it, right? So um, yeah, amid this new bounce that we've gotten, and and so I guess to succinctly answer your question is. Um, it can feel in the day-to-day -day grind as though you're missing out. And, and we still see that FOMO, which is one of the reasons we haven't bottomed yet. We haven't seen that psychologic um, capitulation. I talked about GameStop yeah. last week, for example. Uh, it's not until people don't want to buy the dip that you've reached the bottom, right? Like when people start throwing in the towel, like, oh, fuck that. I'm not buying these whatever, FANG stocks or meme stocks or whatever. That's when like it starts to get like a bottoming process can occur. Uh, and speaking of a bottoming process, you know, it's it is a process. It's not a point in time, and so uh, you're going to see it go lower. You're going to see economic growth continue to slow. Um, we're less than a month away from getting first quarter GDP. That's not going to be uh, a pretty picture. And so, um, you know, despite you know permabulls and, and market cheerleaders and and people who need you to stay invested, you know, financial advisors, uh, RIAs, whatever it is, you know. Uh, on the mainstream news channels cheering for this market, um, I think you're you're still in a bear market. So exercise caution in the major indices sounds like what you're saying, Nick. For sure.
I like it. Are we near the bottom in the junior resource space? Like, look, there's been some phenomenal stories, right? We always talk Patriot. We'll talk Patriot next week because exactly what I thought would happen happened, except I was wrong about one thing. We'll talk about that. Although I have a day left to be proven correct. But if we look across, you know, the, t- the, the venture exchange, right? Um, it's, 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 <laughs> I talked about, <laughs> joked about, you know, some, sometimes it feels like we're investing in dummies, right? And Look, there's a lot of good companies doing a lot of good work and not really being rewarded for it. There's a lot of good companies with some really good assets and the needle isn't moving. It isn't moving down much anymore for a lot of these companies, but it isn't moving up any higher despite good news often. And so I say all that to ask, do you think we're near a bottom in the junior resource space outside of the niche sectors like the lithiums that have done so well and, you know, some of those spaces where we've done phenomenally well? Um, that's a really difficult question to answer. I I think if you look at it through a a gold lens, like if you look at the GDXJ or something, for example, that, um, it's bullish. Um, it has, it has bottomed. Um, could you see a sell-off amid a, a, a wider or steeper sell-off in the broader indices? Sure. Cause gold stocks are still stocks. Right. Um, but if you look at the charts and you look at the M and A that's gone on, you look at the price of gold. Yeah. Um, up above 1950. Um, I yeah, think 1980 that's, earlier, about to touch 2000 again. There you go. Um, as it relates to gold, I think um, those those stocks are bullish and and worthy of, of your capital. Um, some of the other commodities, the the coppers of the world, I think you can still see uh, lower prices in the next couple of months, uh, just because of the external factors, because of the um, the broader bearishness that, that typically pulls down the, the commodity index, for example. Um, and the other thing is time frame. Look, um, if, if you want to look at the commodity index, I think it bottomed in, in March of 2020. I think yeah. you, you've been yeah. in the whole market for it's going on throughout three years. It's March, 2023. Uh, and again, and I've said this a bunch too. Uh, the last time we had a super cycle that started in the 90s and, and ran through 2008, you saw some of those gains in the CRB commodity index completely retrace, like a round trip to yeah. the baseline before they ultimately made their super cycle peak. Uh, and I think that's sort of the phase that we're in right now. We had a nice uh, two-year run. Yeah, everybody remembers when inflation yeah. was transitory and, and lumber <laughs> was going through the roof and nickel and they shut down the exchange they just started trading nickel again by the way on the lnd yeah. i don't know if you, you saw that it had been shut down since that shit a year ago um anyway not to get sidetracked you're at a, a pullback in a super cycle across commodities and so uh, gold is bullish and uh, you should be buying uh, some of these steep pullbacks in commodities and uh, sorry if that doesn't answer your question but uh if you're willing to trade and be nimble um you can, and, and again, I've said this before, you know, it was buy the dip in the broad market for 10 fucking years. Um, and now it's sell the rip in the broad market and buy the dip in the resource stocks. So, uh, you know, if you were buying Denison at 95, 96 cents a week ago, you've already made 15% on your money, right? It's funny how that works. Like now you can buy these steep dips in commodities and, and, and come out ahead because they're the one that's in the, um, the long-term uh, a bullish trend. I couldn't agree more. You actually answered my next question. Is this the time where, you know, whether it's gold stocks or copper stocks, the better names should be getting a good look over? And we asked it last week, right? But um, I, I'll, I'll tell you on my end, I haven't been as bullish about gold 
Um, probably in a year and a half. I'm actually, we, we've written a couple of checks for gold deals recently. Those are long-term checks. Those are not four month and a day type plays for, for, for me, you know, those are positions I want to hold, you know, through, through discoveries, hopefully multiple discoveries. And I want to hold for years for that gold bull market that I think we're, we're, we're running towards copper, same thing. Um, you know, about to write a couple of pretty hefty copper checks, uh, checks for copper plays that I think again, are long-term positions for me. We'll hold those for a couple of years and let, let, let the cycle and the pieces hopefully play out. But um, are you are you doing the same, Nick? It's kind of a rhetorical question because I know the answer to, to parts of it because we write a lot of the same checks to a lot of the same groups. But um, you using this kind of softness, if you want to call it that, to bolster the portfolio? Absolutely. And to, and to trim the fact, to get out of things mm. that, that I don't want to be in or that, that haven't executed. Um, and, and to really concentrate on, on the ones that I think are going to deliver hefty returns over the next, whatever, 18 months to, to 36 months. Um, there is some fat that has to be trimmed, at least in my personal portfolio. And, yeah. um, that's also how you can come up with capital to, to reinvest instead of having to always, you know, put new capital to your account or, or write checks out of your, uh, savings or whatever. So. Yeah, I'm positioning for the the next leg up of not just the commodities bull market, but but the gold bull market as well. Gold looking strong, even silver flirting with 24. It's at 23.87 on Thursday, March the 30th. Uh, let's get to being right and let's get to being wrong. The Patriot Battery Metals portion of our podcast that all of you write in and comment and you know opine on and all of that. Um, I was right about why the delay in results, right? I speculated that it was likely due to them having to retest um, a lot of the holes, right? Once you get past the 1.5% lithium, they're testing for two. And then if you get past two, they're testing for three. And if it's past three, they're testing for four. <laughs> well, in Patriot's case, um, 83.7 meters of 3.13% lithium, including almost 20 meters, Nick. Of 5.28%. That's insane. You could just take that slab literally and sell it, right? I mean, there was a 132.2 meter hit of 1.22% that nobody even noticed, right? It, it's just absolutely ridiculous numbers. Um, the stock moved higher. It didn't move as high. And this is where I was wrong as I thought it would move. I speculated that if the results were as robust as I thought they were going to be, and they sure that exceeded my expectations. Um, the stock would make all, a new all-time highs. It hasn't done it in March yet. We have one trading day for that to happen. May or may not happen. Um, in the end, it's not going to matter, folks. This thing isn't selling for anything less than $50. And look, that high-grade Nova Zone has now been traced over a hundred, a 750-meter strike. And there's a band of greater than 5% lithium over a minimum 200-meter strike length. We still have assays pending from that east zone they're now starting to drill out west to expand the deposit that way some more everything is looking absolutely beautiful for patriot not much to add other than holy smokes you know sometimes you get results and you're reminded about what a world-class tier one deposit should look like results speak for themselves i don't have to say anything else you can either buy it or not buy it i i think there's a ton of uh, a ton of runway here Say the same thing I say every week. Still own 95% of my position. Added a week and a half or two ago. I'm happy I did that. That worked out well. And um, yeah, I think there's a I think there's a lot of room for for Patriot here. It's going to be assays the rest of the year. You should talk about um, Lion Den. 
Liontown. Let's talk about Liontown. Uh, an over $5 billion Canadian offer by Albemarle. Uh, there's rumors that the company had been approached in um, a, a more gentle manner, right? And there's, you know, there's rumors and who cares about the rumors? The bottom line is um, Liontown said no. Liontown said, we think that you are undervaluing our asset and we think that we are worth a whole heck of a lot more than $5 billion. I, I repeat, look, I think Liontown is more advanced, uh, clearly closer to production, but also I believe that Corvette is going to be a much bigger deposit with much simpler mineralogy, meaning simpler to extract the valuable parts of that deposit. Um, that's going to lead to some of the lowest cost um, industry-wide, right? They have access to hydropower. They have access, um, obviously, because of the hydropower, to cheap electricity. They have a straightforward mineralogy. Um, look, um, Liontown, absolutely world-class deposit, but if that's worth $5 billion, I'll say the same thing I said about Sigma, then what's Corvette worth? You know, sure, there's a premium because it's closer to production, can make a counter argument that being a few years away from production is actually good for Corvette because I don't think demand is going anywhere. I think it's going to continue to accelerate and I just don't see enough of these mega mines coming online in short enough order, unlike Kathy Wood, um, for, for that, 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 that price pressure that's currently, you know, weighing down some of the lithium plays, um, to continue for more than maybe a few weeks. Like I think that consolidation, um, is nearing an end. So all things go on the Patriot side. Um, congrats to, you know, Liontown for defending their asset and, and, you know, uh, they, they know what they have better than anyone else. Albemarle clearly thinks highly of it. Uh, Albemarle came right back and said, bye, we'll buy more shares in the open market then. <laughs> and uh. so this is going to get interesting because it's clearly not friendly, right? It's clear, clearly not a, a situation where they're playing nice anymore. Um, whether or not they played nice at some point, not, not, not quite sure about that. Not my business, but yeah, um, a lot to like. And now you have, within a matter of two weeks, right? Two to three weeks, you have the Sigma and now you have the the, the Lions had example of some metrics of what majors think these assets are worth, right? And we were missing that for a little bit, right? We were missing that in this new price environment where everyone knows what the demand curve looks like and can kind of project out what the supply curve is going to look like. We're now starting to see some of these assets getting three, four, five billion dollar offers that are very good quality deposits. But again, I don't believe rival Corvette. Um, and, and I don't believe they'll rival Corvette for very much longer. I think once that first maiden resource estimate comes out in June, that's gonna attach another very um tangible metric to what is at Corvette. It'll be a snapshot because the drilling probably gets cut off. Um, for the resource estimate here within the next week or two is my understanding of it. And then they'll get to work on crunching numbers. But yeah, you know, like Blair told me in an interview, he said, look, by the time we put out that maiden resource estimate, we would have already drilled another 20,000 meters, right? Which is what they drilled last year. So when you look at that, you look at the pace of drilling, you look at some of these blockbuster numbers that are coming, you look at the continuity, the mineralogy, the fact that you know they have 50 kilometers of strike to go play with and they've really only touched on three, four, five, and now they're looking to connect that. Happy shareholder, but the share price can take its time going to new all-time highs. It can take its time going to 30, 40, 50 bucks. It won't matter at the end, folks. So the offer was in more than 
with more than twice, almost three times Patriot's current market cap, and yet Patriot is going to have a resource that's uh, larger, it sounds like. Absolutely. With, with almost 50-plus kilometers of strike to go play with. And pegmatite outcrops that we already know are lithium-rich all over the place in the right rocks. I mean, again, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll echo what Blair said. There, there, there's, there's multiple production scenarios. There's an argument to be made that CV13, right? CV5 is where the maiden resource estimate is coming out on. CV13 to the West um, is probably going to be a good solid 40, 50 million ton deposit um, not burdened by the lake and maybe the great starter pit um, that allows for a quicker production scenario while CV-13 is fully defined and while they go and explore the rest of this district. And Blair was really keen um, to note in the recent inter interview that him and I did that the summer exploration program is, is going to be exactly that. Like, yes, they're in building. Yes, they're stepping out. But there's going to be a good portion of that budget. They have over $60 million in the Treasury and I think another 15 potentially coming in from Warrant. A good chunk of that budget is going to go to, you know, quote unquote, wildcat drilling to go see, go see what the rest of this district potentially holds. And again, have they drilled the best part of this massive land package? It would be highly unlikely to speculate that their first drill holes that went in happen to find the best ore body, right? In, in a land package as big as this. So there's the potential I've said for multiple Boise's Bay and Bays. And I'll continue to say that until that's disproven. Either way, I think, God, we're in phenomenal shape, Nick. It's going to be a fun summer and a fun fun 2023. Let's see if Patriot makes it out of 2023. I had a friend of ours tell me earlier, I wish we would just get the $50 offer tomorrow because it'd be hard to rebuff <laughs> that. And that way we could quit talking about it. It's going to be fun whenever it happens. And at the end of the day, I hope we make a run towards putting this thing in production ourselves as opposed to, um, I say ourselves as a shareholder, right? As opposed to selling it um, early in what I think is still a major bull market lithium cycle well it's amazing you know this is uh, almost turned into the patriot battery metals show and and at the same time um <laughs> it is a generational discovery i mean yeah. it's certainly one of the best discoveries uh maybe not just the lithium discoveries but you know of multiple commodities in the in the past decade and so um if there were podcasts during, you know, Boise's Bay Times, oh. Diamond Fields, I would imagine that they would have been talking about the the price of, and the events surrounding uh, Boise's Bay on a on a on a weekly basis. And so, in that respect, it it merits the the discussion that it's getting, and uh, not just by us. You know, I see lots of other folks interested in and covering and, and talking about Patriot, whether that's. Uh, message boards or her people I talked to like I had a call about the an oil deal today and, and the guy was congratulating me but well mostly you on on, on our involvement <laughs> there <laughs> um uh Patriot battery metals right so I mean it's out there and then people are interested and then they know the the caliber of the deal and, and that it's also good for um junior mining speculation in general right this is the reason that people write checks at yes. 5 10 15 20 cents or whatever to to see those 10,000 percent returns and so um i know we'll continue to, to try to find the the next one that's why i was having a meeting with a with a young oil deal yeah no listen um hard not to talk about it I would have loved, right, if back in the Boise's Bay days there was a podcast that today this version of me could go back to and listen to 
um, and just kind of take in the excitement, take in how it developed and take in some of the predictions and then compare that with how it actually turned out that I'm a geek. That would have been fascinating to me to be able to do today. So, you know, for those of us that are invested in, in, in the company, I've speculated and, and have done well and think there's a lot of runaway and, or for people that just love a damn good story. Right. Um, I think this checks all those boxes and hopefully this is helpful to some of you out there. Some of you have indicated it is. So I think, you know, we're going to keep with it much to our friend's chagrin. We'll likely keep talking about Patriot until uh, it either quits delivering or it gets taken out at 50 bucks or higher. Um, until then, you're probably going to get the weekly updates that a lot of you ask about and check out. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of where we're at. I, I, you know, I was reading a thing earlier and I haven't done the math, so don't hold me to it, everybody. But that 83 meter hit of um, 3%, somebody was saying that's the equivalent of like 83 meters of two ounces gold. Right. To put it in gold terms. So, you know, if you had that and within that, if you had a 19.8 meter run of three and a half ounces gold, I mean, it, it, it just merits that kind of uh, that kind of praise and it merits that kind of uh, attention. And it's, it's going to continue to get it. And, you know, it's been life changing for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that's the Patriot update, everybody. There you go. All right. Mr. Hodge, where are we at with the tightening cycle before I let you go? Um, are, are we, is it nearing its end? Are we a couple of meetings away and then, and then we're done? Or are you still skeptical of that thesis? I mean, it, it evolves based on what's going on. Um, I think you get a couple of more quarter point hikes. It was just this month. I know we're at the end of the month and then it'll be April uh, by the time this comes out. But uh, earlier in March, you know, Jerome was testifying to Congress that he's going to continue tightening. And despite uh, the failure of those banks that, that we mentioned earlier, he he hiked by <laughs> another quarter point at the at the last meeting. And uh, the relatively low unemployment gives him the cover to keep hiking. Um, gosh, I feel like I said all this before, but they're nowhere close yep. to their two percent. Um <clears throat> inflation mandate or target that, that they put out there. So um, I continue to think you get a couple of more hikes. I continue to think that the, we get a really ugly summer in terms of uh, stock market index performance, in terms of uh, economic growth performance, um, and in terms of, of unemployment with more layoffs to come as the, as the year progresses. Uh, and that rising unemployment will give him the cover to um, finally pause or pivot the thing that people have been calling for for over a year that I said wasn't coming. Um, that will come at, at some point, I think, later this year. Excellent. I want to leave people with what you're watching for in the markets this coming week, Nick. What are you looking at? What's what's interesting? What's new? Um, there's a couple of things. Um one, I've already sort of talked about the the market cheerleaders, right? They <laughs> uh, talk their book, and 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 for them, it's always time to be in the market. You don't always have to to be in the market. It's no secret that um, I've been holding and have been advising people hold a, a large cash position. Um, uh, the dollar, uh, despite it not <laughs> being where it was at, at a, you know one ten or whatever on the on the DXY index, is still strong and um safe and, and a place to to store capital um i hear a lot of uh talk <laughs> about flavors of the week or even flavors of the day or flavors of the the hour um when it comes to all sorts of things like do you remember when 
uh, Diesel was going to die. <clears throat> like it was the death of Diesel, and you know, um, they just changed what was going to die every month. <laughs> <laughs> and now that same group is saying. Uh, you know, you've got to to buy oil now. Um, and they've been saying that for the past couple of weeks, which is interesting because oil has softened up um, and we're headed into a, a, a recession. Uh, but not just that, even some of this doom and gloom stuff. Like when I talk about a recession or I talk about continued hikes, I'm not saying like uh, apocalypse now. I'm not saying, you know, uh, the U.S. economy implodes. I'm saying we get a two-quarter recession. I yep. mean, you know, and then we get back yeah. to economic growth because yep. things go in cycles, right? It's not always all or nothing. And I guess that's the real point I wanted to make. It's not always all or nothing. Um, you don't have to be all in or all out. You don't have to be all bull or all bear. Like there's nuances to this and 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 things go in, in cycles. And so, you know, the one this week is um, – uh, the de-dollarization, right? Like everyone's fleeing the dollar. India's making <laughs> deals. Saudi Arabia is making deals. And it's like, you know, the dollar has been dying since I got into this business, right? And that was 15 years ago. And 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 despite that, you have a, a very strong dollar. So uh, it's over 100 know. on the dollar index, folks. That's a bull market. Anybody that tells you that the death of the dollar is right around the corner. Look, I'm... I, I, own gold, believe you should. It should, you know, it's it's, it's eventually you're going to be glad that you own it. Uh, I believe eventually the dollar returns back to its intrinsic value of zero. I believe that for all fiat currencies, but it's still king dollar for a reason, folks. And it's still in a bull market. You have to be careful um, what you believe and when you believe it, because you can be right that it's going to zero, but it might take 15 more years. Well, and what you do with it, right? Like, what do you do with China and Russia and India uh, and Brazil are banning the dollar. Like, what do you do with that? I mean, how do you asset allocate, <laughs> allocate capital based on that? Like, how do you profit from that? It's a it's a talking point for you know certain people and 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 certain tribes and and people eat that up. And I'll give you an example. And then I, I know we want to wrap up because we're at thirty minutes. You know, I was on a, on a fishing boat yesterday, and the the guide. Um, you know, eventually, you know, some political stuff comes up in the thing and the guy's talking about the de-dollarization. I mean, right. Cause he's probably, <laughs> you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, he's probably zero hedge or, uh, you know, alternative media type of guy. Right. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing with that? Like, that's just something to like talk about on the boat. Or are you like allocating capital <laughs> based on this de-dollarization? What are you doing? Because I'm in a third cash and the dollar's been great. So just be careful with these, you know, all or nothing stories on on both sides of the spectrum. I guess is 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 what I would say. Uh, and as far as uh, what I'm watching, um, it's it's more of the same. It's uh, bullish gold. It's it's cast position. It's it's defensive positioning on on the macro side. Um, and 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 that's it. I like it. Um, there's a new deal that both of us wrote a check for. Um, that I think merits some due diligence for you folks out there. I, I, I got it to subscribers here um, earlier in the month. It's been enough time where I, I feel comfortable sharing it on the podcast. But, you know, Neil McCallum is the gentleman uh, credited, you know, him and DeRouge Geological Consulting, Geologic Consulting, are credited with staking the Corvette District for, um, you know, predecessor of Patriot Battery Metals, and Corvette is what it is now. Um, he's also now Neil McCallum, uh, VP of Exploration for Q2 Metals, um, which is a James Bay lithium play that I really like. It's my second favorite one in James Bay. 
um, in large part because of Neil's involvement, because he brought the Mia property to that group. And it's a property that he has been vetting for many years. And so I say all that to say that he's involved with a third and new company that we recently wrote a check for. He's director of a company called Atco Mining. And I just go to atcomining.com. Um, it's a very off the beaten path type of commodity play. It's a uh, one part hydrogen storage, one part salt domes. Um, it's a different way to play the clean energy transition in a part of the world, Newfoundland, that is transitioning in a very aggressive way um, towards that. And then the company's doing, I think, a really interesting job of positioning itself to be a major player in there. The peer comps are going to be anywhere between 50 million and 100 million for companies that are slightly more advanced. The part that gets me excited, Nick, is the company's got a market cap of five and a half million dollars Canadian. And in this space, it doesn't take very <laughs> long to actually become an advanced stage play where you put a drill hole, you see if you have a salt dome, you figure out the geometry to it, and then you get to the hydrogen storage aspect of the story. Very quickly, you can prove up valuable, valuable economics and metrics to attach to that. I think they're onto something that could be significant. It's high risk. It's high reward. Um, but I'm a shareholder and, and, and it's sticky. It's, it's long term. I, I, you know, I'll be sitting on those shares for quite some time. Neil McCallum's got a hot hand. Um, I joked with him that he had to feel some kind of pressure getting involved with a, a, a company outside of the lithium space and lending his name to it, given his success at Corvette and the success I think he's going to have with Mia over at Q2. And uh, he said, yeah, but he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, we like to be early. We like to get ahead of trends that we think are emerging that are going to be with us for quite some time. And we like to be early movers in areas that we think are going to dominate in that space. And he thinks this checks all those boxes. So Atco Mining, $5 million market cap. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. And uh, just some notes on disclosure. And because someone who listens to this podcast had a question, uh, and it's nothing we haven't said before, but we run multiple businesses here and then we try to be transparent about that. So um, this opportunity came to us. Uh, we ended up writing a check into the private placement. Um, uh, we had subscribers uh, or at least offered subscribers the, yeah. the opportunity to do the same. And then um, that was before the company decided to come on as a you know a sponsor of, of Resource Stock Digest, which is a separate company that helps uh, junior resource firms tell their stories. So um, there was a very astute reader or watcher of this podcast, you know, when we mentioned the salt deal, we didn't even say the name a couple of weeks ago. The gentleman figured <laughs> it out, saw the press release um, and wrote into customer service um, asking about that, you know, that that transparent factor and, and why they were uh, becoming a client of Resource Doc Digest. And then I wrote him a nice letter back, thanked him for writing in and explained what I just explained here. Um, we wrote checks into the company and, and offered it to subscribers well before they became a, a, a client of, of Resource Stock Digest. And we have in, uh, you know, our disclaimers and the, the, the terms of use um, that, you know, those are separate entities. And that you know, the, if they if a company ends up becoming a sponsor of, of Resource Stock Digest, that doesn't uh, entitle them to be recommended to, to any newsletter, uh, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, in the case of Atco, we were giving them money before they gave us any money. So uh, we're transparent about that. And again, thanks to that uh, gentleman for writing in. We're happy to take those questions and, and respond to them anytime. We are um, uh, like to keep things above board and, and are happy to explain if you have any questions. 
Yeah, and listen, to be absolutely clear, if a company is good enough for my checkbook, uh, then it's definitely good enough for my subscribers. And then it's definitely good enough um, for us to take on as a client on the media side, on the Resource Stock Digest side, to help tell their story. Um, because we have, you know, a, a pretty decent network. We've been at this for quite a bit. And you're absolutely right that if I wrote a check, recommended it to my subscribers in a separate publication on the publishing side, a different company, you're absolutely right. I want to help tell that story uh, because I think we can do an effective job of it. And if they deliver, then it gets presented to a broader audience that can hopefully profit from it. We know the junior space is high risk. It's high reward. Uh, but yes, important for you all to know the difference between the multiple businesses that Nick and I run, right? We co-own a publishing company. Um, none of that is paid for content. We co-own a media company, Resource Stock Digest. All of that is sponsor-based, right? Sponsors pay us a fee. And in exchange, we help tell stories that we think are compelling for people to do due diligence and make their own mind up about it. And then separate from that, Nick and I, we eat our own cooking. We write checks to a lot of these companies and participate in a lot of these finances and you know, um, it, it's the same Patriot model, right? Good for subscribers. Good for me. Uh, good for you. Let's help tell this story. And obviously they're not all going to work out that way, but all it takes is a couple of those and you have a nice life for the most part financially. That's it. All right. I like it. Thanks everybody for watching. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. I'm supposed to remind you to go check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. This was number 212 of our weekly therapy session that we call not investing in dummies, but investing in bizarro world. Nick, send us off with some words of wisdom. Go Cubs. Um, don't go out there and be April fooling around, I guess. Uh, have a good new month. <laughs> have a good one, guys and gals. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.